Hi, this is Brian Duncan, and I'd like to just say that I am not responsible for anything Wild Man and Steve say on the air. Uh, play my music, though. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve Show starts right now. And now, the exciting conclusion of the interview with Joe Shirk from the band Messiah Prophet. We're going to start where we ended with Wild Man's story of his salvation. Here we go. You know, it's it's really interesting to hear that because um, I would say that my background is somewhat similar. It wasn't older older Mennonite, but I was raised in the church. And, uh, you know, never missed a service. Um, I had a long line of ministers that uh, my uncle and a grandfather are ministers. Um, and I've been waiting to tell this story on this show, and I've been waiting for you to be here, is that it was after that, after your concert in 87, that I went home and told my parents that I accepted Christ. And they were so shocked because they, of course, thought I already had. What are you doing right now? 
or when you go to bed at night and you read and learn. That's what this book's for, is to disciple you so that you can disciple others. Shall enter the Father except through Jesus. God, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross in my place for my sins so that I can be cleansed from this day on forever. And Lord, I also thank you for making me realize that there is They, they assumed I already had, and and in fact, a friend of mine was with me. He also same story. Um, now the church did a lot of work. The church, uh, you know, laid the groundwork for me for sure, and I learned scripture and all that. You can't deny what the church did. But one of my friends said that you know, um, right, right. Jesus, Jesus loves you enough that He's going to find you. How, however, He's He can find you, He will. And it was that night um, where He found me. Um, there at the Messiah Prophet concert, and where I, I should say I found him, <laughs> um, and and that that was what was incredible for me. So when I look at Messiah Prophet, um, and just that just that particular year, that season, the Master of the Metal tour, um, as a fan, as a teenager at the time, I look at that as just an incredible time where I was able to go to uh, listen to uh, go to an incredible concert. Um, you guys really impacted a lot of people during that season. And I'm just curious, what did it look like from your perspective for, as an artist that's a part of the band on the stage touring? How did it look as far as what you could see versus what the fans are, what the fans were interpreting from it, that this, this is an amazing time. These guys are great. What did it look like from your perspective? Uh, yeah um as far as you know how we were affecting people um now you were just telling your story there and i've been uh, over the last i don't know year or two um i've just been hearing from a lot of different people you know how how much messiah prophet actually did affect people and it, it literally blows my mind i didn't i didn't see that part back then uh, or at least not near as much um I guess maybe, you know, we do a show and then we move on. Maybe that's why. But um, I didn't see a whole lot of that. Mm. Um, I guess I, I seen, you know, people thought we were great. And uh, that, that was, you know, nice to know. But the, the spiritual aspect of it, I, I really didn't have, um, I didn't have a clue how far that went. And hearing it now, 35, 40, 40 years later, whatever it is, uh, it is literally mind blowing because I didn't see it back then. So was this something when you were on stage and touring? I mean, were you saying to yourself at the time, um, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life? Um, is this going to be my career? Or what were you thinking at the time? Or did you have a chance to even think that with everything happening so fast as you already were saying? 
there was definitely a time where uh, I kind of I couldn't imagine, you know, doing anything else. I, I know that because when Messiah Prophet was kind of toying with the idea of disbanding, I was kind of in a identity crisis over it. I'm like, well, what am I? You know, if I don't have a band, what am I? You know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm not sure we really put a whole lot of thought into it. You know, we were just out there, you know, playing and uh, rehearsing. And uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, for myself, I could say I probably didn't think a whole lot about it. Kind of one day at a time type of thing. <laughs> hey, Steve, did you write the script for our new Gerger music commercial? I did. Did you make me sound good? I did. Did you make me sound real good? Well, I can only do so much with the material I'm given to work with. Wait a minute. What are you trying to say, sir? Look, I'm not the guys over at Girder Music. I mean, they can take anything and make it sound great. Like what they did with the Keith Greenbox set. You're right about that. And when the music is already some of the best on the market, like Keith Green stuff is great, and they're the first ones to bring it back. Well, no kidding. And on top of that, their packaging is second to none. I mean, take a look at the the red and black or yellow and black splatter vinyl editions of Disciples Back Again, and this might sting a little. Or what about that red swirl vinyl of Bride's classic album, Snakes in the Playground? And as you said, they just make the music sound so good. I mean, you mentioned the, the Keith Greenbox set, but whether it's Petra, DeGarmo and Key, Resband, Rikua, or really any of your favorite Christian artists, when you get your music from girdermusic.com, it's guaranteed to sound and look fantastic. So, can you make me sound good for our next commercial? I'll tell you what, Wild Man, if you tell our fans about Girder music, you will sound great. There it is, folks. Head over to girdermusic.com today and find the best in Christian rock and metal. Their sound is the best in the business. I'm curious, as, as a person who was one of the creators of really a a seminal album uh certainly in terms of christian metal uh with with the second uh messiah prophet album the, the masters of metal um what do you think of that album now as you look back on that album given the long view of history because golly like you said we're talking now uh coming coming up on towards 40 years what do you think of it do you yeah, still like that music? Do you still like what, what, what you created with that? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think the album came out really well. Uh, good production on it. And uh, uh, I can't say enough about Charlie's vocals. To this day, um, I can feel my hair standing up uh, with his vocals. That, that guy was just amazing. Uh, yeah, I did like the, the album. I still do. I don't think I uh, realized, or I don't know if any of us realized how how other people looked at that album, uh, you know, looking back and hearing things nowadays, I mean, people were, you know, really, really enthused about that album. And I don't think we quite grasped that back then. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I think it makes sense. And we've heard okay. similar things from artists before, you know, and I've, I've also heard it from people that, um, 
like famous actors or something like that. And they interview their, their family or their friend. And they're like, I don't know what the big deal is. This is my dad, or this is my husband. You know, they, they, they don't realize how the world is viewing them. Um, and so it's really interesting to hear you say that, that you, you know, it sounds like you guys just going day to day, just playing show after show and looking back on it now, especially the impact you made, um, was incredible. The, uh, one thing I wanted to share with you was that about a year ago, we had on the show, or this might even be two years now, I'm not sure, Steve, uh, we had Maurice Giesman from the Angelic Forces band. I don't know if he shared with you, but in the interview, when we talked to him, he said that Master of the Metal, as far as he was concerned, was the greatest heavy metal album ever put out, secular or Christian. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> convey my thanks there. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, maybe some of his stuff is coming right up there, too. <laughs> well, I think you guys, you guys influenced him a lot. Um, you can hear a lot of the same wow. riff, riff style and so forth that you did a master of the metal with what he did or what he's doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, and give that a give some more uh, listening to. Yeah, and, in, and in light of what you're saying there, I got to listen to. Yeah, yeah, and to go along with that, there's there's an acronym that we're seeing a lot these days, uh, N W O T H M, which stands for New Wave of Traditional Heavy Metal. And there's a whole bunch of bands that are in kind of, and I don't think they would consider them. I think actually some of them do really consider it a movement. And certainly uh, Maurice's band Angelic Forces is a part of that. And so uh-huh. you do have these bands that are coming up today. Here we are in the early part of the 21st century who are saying, we really like that stuff from the 70s and 80s. And, and we want to now go on from there and take take that and build on that and do something with that. So you really are seeing that. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, are, are you... Because we're going to come to a point, somebody talk about a, a book that you've just uh, recently published, uh, a book of poetry. But are, are you still interested in the music scene in terms of creating, making new music, doing that kind of thing? Perhaps even becoming a part of that traditional heavy metal as it's coming back now. Um, I, yes, I still listen to a whole lot of music. I've uh, branched out in my interests uh, considerably from back in that day. Um, uh, I had a daughter who took, uh, I'm not sure, a bunch of years of classical piano, you know, 
teacher came to the house here, so I was exposed to that. And I always did like classical, but I didn't really understand it too well. And uh, so listening to her lessons, I uh, came to understand that a lot more and uh, really do appreciate it. Uh, as far as getting back into the music scene, um, I'm not sure that I would have a whole lot of drive for that. Um, I mean, uh, you know, driving around in my car and I'm cranking up the volume on something, sometimes I, can, I, I get the itch. <laughs> I really do. Not sure. Uh, not sure. I would have the the drive to get to move into that again. Well, that that kind of leads. Uh, I'm not saying no. I'm just. <laughs> well, that that, that kind of leads me to Steve has led into my next question, which would be um, uh, no pressure, of course, here. <laughs> but um, I know that you've done some. Interview- but yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know you've you've done some interviews with David Thunder. And we, of course, we know with Charlie, mm-hmm. man, when we got the news of his passing, when I got that news, I, I was, all of us were blown away. And I'm sure that really uh, blew you away oh, also. That was hard. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah. Yeah. It that was. was really tough. Well, before we go any further, take a couple moments and, and share us, share with us about that. About uh, Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, he had lived, uh, moved upstate Pennsylvania, um, a couple hours north of where I where I lived and where uh, Dave and I don't really live that far apart, but um, I kind of lost track with him. We didn't really stay in touch a whole lot uh, after Messiah Prophet. So uh, I bumped into um, Bill Grabowski, our producer at a, he, w- he has a, a band. He does coffee shops and stuff, small venues around here. And I bumped into him and uh, he said, if, you know, if I heard about Charlie, I'm like, you know, what about Charlie? And, uh, well, he had uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, and uh, that was the first I knew about it. Yeah. So, you know, uh, the, the fellow that used to do lights for us, um, his name's Eddie Martin. I've known him forever. And uh, we made a trip up north to see Charlie, and uh, he was already, uh, the disease was advanced with him. So it was kind of a shock. You know, we walk in there, and, um, you know, here's this guy that used to be on stage doing backflips beside me. 
in the middle of a song and uh it was tough and we went to see him a few more times uh before he passed away and uh yeah it, it was it was horrible to see somebody uh just kind of being torn down like that and mm. um you know lost a, an amazing vocalist and a friend and i don't know what can you say about that yeah sure sure i mean it did it definitely the, I, you know i'm pretty sure i got the news very late um, I can't remember exactly, but I, it, it probably was about a year or so after after he passed that I got the news that, that it was you were able to to get the news and and that was just a shocker. Um, and like we say, even though it was so many years ago when Messiah Prophet was making the impact and doing their thing, it was it it really hit me because I remember not only do I remember um, going forward and getting saved that night, but I also remember shaking his hand after the concert. And getting his autograph, um, you know, uh, just just an incredible yeah. time, you know, for someone my age at the time, you know, there I was 16, just just um, accepting Christ. And this lead singer of the band's talking to me, you know, it was a, it was a great time. going with that before i interrupted myself there was was with david thunder you um do, do you have any contact with the other guys uh yeah actually i i just um i was chatting a little bit with uh brian nycarry who's on the album and um uh dave i, I talked to uh, two months ago maybe we don't stand like i said we don't stand real close contact um been uh, reaching out kind of uh andy's attention there I'm sure we'll connect up sooner or later here, but um, uh, yeah, we all kind of got busy with life. You know how that goes, and you know, so get together when we can. Yeah, of course, you would never be able to find somebody to replace Charlie, but if you could get a singer, if Wildman and Steve here would support the Messiah Prophet reunion tour, just so you know. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. I, you're very right, and very right in the first part of that statement. Um, Ain't gonna replace him. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I had that question posed to me not too long ago about, uh, and I said, well, you know what? I I can't say I'm I'm not not willing to do it, but uh, I don't know. It'd be a long shot at this point, I think. I'll throw this out there. Um, uh, just a couple months before uh, the recording of this episode that we're doing to here, uh, there was the first what was called Immortal Fest. Uh, over in Ohio, and it featured, it was two days of all the classic bands. There was Saint, uh, there was Les Carlson from Bloodgood, 
there was um, Flight Cross, Baron Cross. So there were two days, and that was such a success uh, that the um, promoter, uh, the guy who owns the venue, is a guy named Steve Barhorst. Uh, he is gearing up for Immortal Fest 2 next year. Uh, and they've already started booking the bands. And so there's there's certainly still an appetite for uh, that kind of music and those particular bands. But let, let's go on with something that you just came out with. We saw that you've got a book of poetry uh, down Random Roads. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, uh, I, think I, got, I think I got printed around August or something, if I remember right. Um, yeah, it's something I've been working on the last, uh, I don't know, three or four years, something like that. Uh, my uh, daughter, who did the editing in that book, um, she said, uh, I've been writing poetry as long as she can remember. She said, I find, you know, bits of paper around the house with a line or two on, and but I never finished them. I just kind of, yeah, go on to something else. And then, uh, I don't know, I just uh, started writing and uh, a couple of people were telling me I should uh, put it together in a book, which I don't know anything about making books, but <laughs> uh, got it out there, you know. hearing some rumblings of uh that that's going to be the new lyric sheet for the the next uh, messiah prophet album once you guys get it to get a singer <laughs> that's what i'm seeing here sorry i just had to go there I well uh some of some of those poems might not lend themselves too well to uh you know heavy metal riffing but uh who knows <laughs> <laughs> So um, we want to thank you, Joe, for taking the time and uh, for coming on. And it is time now for Wild Man's on-the-spot question. I always have a question where I call it on-the-spot. Um, and are you ready? 
sure. Okay. Favorite song off Master of the Metal? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> um, man, that's a tough one. That is really tough. It was supposed to be. <laughs> you know, I'm, I keep thinking of uh, thinking of the vocals, and I, I like them all. Uh, hmm. Probably, probably Fear No Evil. Ah, uh, yep. Great song. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I, I go with that one. Yeah, and that, that was the fist pump. One of the, it's all of them are fist pumpers, but especially that one was a fist pumper with the crowd, too. The whole fear, no evil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're moved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I sure did. We did a uh, one one festival over in uh, Holland near Amsterdam, and uh, during that song, I looked out and uh, it was an open air, you know, festival type thing. And uh, these guys had uh, formed this big mosh pit in front of the stage. I had never seen that before at one of our concerts. <laughs> I was like, "That's amazing," you know, and uh. Just uh, jamming along with that, it was kind of cool experience. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and just from that, it was. I mean, you guys impacted the world, and and I, th- I just think it's amazing how God used you and everybody in Messiah Prophet. And as you already said, you didn't even realize how much He did use you, and He still is um, using that album and using what you did. Um, so we want to thank you for that. Well, you're very welcome, and uh, yeah, it's. Just to state it again, it's mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing to hear that sort of thing so many years after, um, you know, how people were affected by that. Uh, I'm completely humbled by it. I had no idea. It was such an honor to interview Joe Shirk. Of all the many artists we have interviewed on this show, This was the one I was excited about the most. As you heard, it was at a Messiah Prophet concert that I committed my life to Jesus. Though there have been struggles and a lot of ups and downs, I have never went back on that decision. Jesus changed my life, and I continually seek His direction in every area of my life. Right after this interview, I watched the concert on YouTube and I was able to watch and listen to the exact message that guitarist Andy Strauss gave that night, which changed my life. One statement I was looking for and found was when he said, are you going to church on Sunday and you're with Jesus, but when you leave, are you leaving him there? This was the statement that gripped my heart and my soul because that was exactly what I had been doing. I knew how to look the part and act the part while at church, but throughout the week, I was a different person. When Andy gave the altar call that night, and by the way, I'm hearing a lot of junk against altar calls nowadays. Sure, just like any other method, you can find faults, 
but it is hard for me to knock or make fun of as I have heard other Christians do because that was what God used to save me. I was raised in the church, so altar calls were the norm. We would have revival meetings often and throughout the year our pastor would open the altars as well and ask if anyone would want to make a decision for Christ. To put it bluntly, I hated them. My family would always drag me down at a young age when I didn't want to go. Everyone was crying and it was always very emotional and I just wanted to find a way to get out. Not this night. At this concert when Mr. Strauss did the same thing, I immediately stood up and started to head down on my own. Halfway down, I stopped and said to myself, wait a minute, do you know what you are doing? Something happened in that moment, and I no longer hated altar calls. I went down. They gave me a Bible. They had me write in the inside cover, on this date, I gave my heart to the Lord, which I did. A friend of mine from school was with me, and he followed me down and did the same thing. The next morning, I told my parents about him getting saved, and they thought it was great. Then I said, me too. They didn't quite know what to say. They were shocked. Why? Because they thought I already did. Again, I look the part very well. And I wonder how many of you who are listening have given the appearance of a walk with Christ but never really committed your life to Him. I wonder how many of you in this moment Jesus is talking to you in the same way. He desires to know you not just a day a week, not just part of your life. He desires to be your life. Jesus said, if you want to come after me, you must deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Again, He desires to be your life. I leave you today with one question. Will you let him? The Wild Man and Steve Show is now partnering with New Release Today. Find out more about them at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to check out our website where you can also leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. Sounds like rock and roll to me.